Happy Nurses Week to all the nurses and future nurses listening. To celebrate, I'm having a 20% off sale on Study Sesh. This is my private podcast that features over 140 episodes to help you study on the go. Formats include pod quizzes, power hour deep dives, drills, and case studies. If you're tired of sitting at your desk or staring at a screen, but still want to review for nursing school, it's time to check out Study Sesh. Go to straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in that top menu bar. That's straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in the menu bar. See you there. Well, hello again, everyone. This is Nurse Mo, and welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. You're joining me today for episode 191, and today we're talking about hypoglycemia. So if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, take a quick minute and do that so that you never miss an episode. We have episodes come out every Thursday and every now and then a fun bonus. So hit that subscribe and I'll see you here every single week. So before we dive into our topic of hypoglycemia, I do like to take a quick minute and give a quick shout out to the straight A nursing family, which I call the San fam. And this one goes out to Amanda. And Amanda is a student that went through my boot camp and says, Crucial Concept Boot Camp was a game changer for me. I struggled with anxiety and was so nervous to start nursing school. Nurse Mo has a way of explaining things and making you feel so much more at ease. I'm not sure I would have made it through my dosage calculations exam without boot camp. Thankfully, Nurse Mo made it so easy to understand and I made 100% the first time through. Thanks, Nurse Mo, for making such a great tool to help nursing students build the foundations they need to be successful in nursing school and beyond. Amanda, I just want to thank you for that. I hope you are listening. I'm so proud of you for doing so well on your dosage calculations exam. You're amazing. If you want to learn more about the boot camp that Amanda went through, I will put the link to that in the episode notes. And if you're listening to this at the time when this episode is released, it is on sale right now. So check it out. Okay, let's dive into hypoglycemia. So one of the most common and important imbalances that you will learn in nursing school is related to blood glucose levels, which can be either too high or too low. Today we're talking about hypoglycemia, which is present when the blood glucose level is below 70 milligrams per deciliter. So first let's talk a little bit about how blood glucose works. So glucose, as you know, is a main energy source in the body and the main energy source for the brain. And for this reason, the body is going to work very hard to keep blood glucose levels within a consistent range. And when we fall below that range, we have hypoglycemia. And then when it's too high, we call that hyperglycemia. 
So when blood sugar goes up, like after you eat a meal, the beta cells of the pancreas release that hormone insulin. And insulin acts like a key to unlock the cells. And this allows glucose to go into the cell and provide it with energy. So if there is excess glucose available in the body, the body's going to store this as glycogen in the muscles and in the liver. And then as blood sugar levels drop, alpha cells in the pancreas secrete glucagon. And glucagon signals the liver to break down the glycogen, converting it back into glucose. A healthy liver can also make glucose from amino acids, fats, and waste products through a mechanism called gluconeogenesis. So we'll talk more about the liver in a little bit. But that's the general gist of how blood glucose works in the body. So what causes hypoglycemia? So hypoglycemia is present, again, when that blood glucose level is less than 70 milligrams per deciliter. Now, this can be symptomatic or asymptomatic. So one of the things that you'll be doing is assessing your patient. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Now, as it gets very low, of course, your patient's going to have symptoms. But, you know, let's say the blood glucose level is 68. Your patient may or may not have symptoms with that, and we'll talk about that more in a bit. Now, hypoglycemia most often occurs in individuals with diabetes, either due to decreased oral intake, maybe they've exercised more than usual, or incorrect use of insulin and other medications that are used to manage their blood sugar. Now, it doesn't just happen to people who have diabetes. Hypoglycemia can occur basically to anyone due to decreased oral intake. So if you've ever gotten hangry, you know, where you're irritable and you feel kind of shaky, maybe a little nauseous or lightheaded, chances are that was because your blood sugar was on the low side. It can occur due to excessive alcohol use without eating. You know how? I don't know if you've ever done this, but you go out drinking and you don't want to eat. You just keep having cocktails. Please don't do this. If you go out drinking, please have something to eat. But if you use alcohol or someone uses alcohol, which a lot of people with alcohol use disorder do, they drink all their calories if they don't get good nutrition. Excessive alcohol use without eating prevents the liver from releasing its stored glucose and can cause hypoglycemia. Exercising more than usual, especially with decreased oral intake, can cause hypoglycemia. And then there are a lot of culprit medications, and these include beta blockers, endomethacin, levofloxacin, and quinidine, which is used to treat malaria. There's actually quite a few medications that can cause blood sugar levels to be low. Severe liver disease... Again, it's going to inhibit the body's ability or that liver's ability to create glucose through gluconeogenesis or turn glycogen into glucose, which is glycogenolysis. So if the liver is impaired, you've got a patient with severe liver disease, chances are their blood sugar is going to be low. An insulinoma, which is a tumor of the pancreas, can cause the body to produce too much insulin. 
And then there can be some other disorders of the pancreas that cause excessive release of insulin as well. So pancreatic disorders can cause hypoglycemia. Renal disorders can lead to decreased renal clearance of insulin and other medications used to treat hyperglycemia. The renal disorders can also play a role in impaired gluconeogenesis as well. Endocrine disorders related to adrenal gland and the pituitary can affect glucose production. It can also occur in children who have growth hormone deficiency. Hypoglycemia can occur after eating foods high in sugar due to too much release of insulin. This is called postprandial or reactive hypoglycemia, and it typically occurs in people who've had gastric bypass surgery, though it can occur in anyone. And critical illness is another reason that you could have a patient with hypoglycemia with sepsis being a common cause due to glucose being used faster than it can be produced. So now that you kind of have a general understanding of hypoglycemia and what causes it, let's go through hypoglycemia using the straight-A nursing latte method. And if you're new to this method, welcome. I'm about to change your life. I'm going to link to a template in the episode notes that you can get and use to fill out to study all kinds of disease conditions. So the L in latte stands for look. How does the patient look? What signs and symptoms do they have? What do you notice about this patient? So the signs and symptoms of hypoglycemia typically begin to show when blood glucose levels are around 55 milligrams per deciliter. Now remember, it's present when levels are below 70, but the patient may not have any symptoms until about 55. Now again, this will vary by individual. The key signs and symptoms include shakiness, tachycardia, diaphoresis, maybe some anxiety, they may feel hungry, irritable, fatigue, and have pale skin. For me, I feel a little bit nauseous. Some people do, some people don't, but that's definitely been present in myself. The patient may also report numbness and tingling of the face or tongue. As the blood glucose level drops even further or persists, the patient can have blurred vision, become increasingly confused, could lose consciousness, and even have seizures. So very important to note that patients who are taking beta blockers may not show some of the outward signs of hypoglycemia because beta blockers are going to prevent things like the tremor, that shakiness, and the tachycardia from occurring. So you just want to make sure that if your patient's on a beta blocker, you're really looking very carefully for signs of hypoglycemia. The A in latte stands for assess. How do you assess the patient? You're going to assess all patients for blood glucose abnormalities for things like confusion, level of consciousness, presence of those signs and symptoms that I talked about just a moment ago, 
And you also want to assess for the risk factors for developing hypoglycemia. That could be their oral intake. Is it adequate enough? Maybe their exercise is too much and they should be eating something before they exercise. Some patients are just taking their anti-diabetic medications incorrectly. And then you also want to look for those culprit medications like beta blockers, indomethacin, etc. So for tests, how are we going to test our patient who has hypoglycemia? So blood glucose is what we're going to measure, and we can measure that right there at the bedside with a glucometer, which is capable of reading levels within a specific range. And this will vary based on which device you're using. But if it falls above or below this range, the meter will simply either say high or low. So let's say you take your patient's blood sugar and you get a reading back of 55. Okay, so that's hypoglycemia. But if the blood sugar level is really low, below the ability of the machine to detect it, it's just going to say low. And in the facility where I work, the protocol is if the machine says low or high, you immediately get a stat blood draw. So the phlebotomist comes from the lab or you draw your lab and you send it down to test that way and they run it through the lab versus you doing it at the bedside. So that's the main test that's conducted for hypoglycemia is simply to see what the blood glucose level is. And again, we can do that at the bedside with the glucometer or through a basic lab test and you get a serum blood glucose that way. Now, if the cause of the hypoglycemia is related to some other underlying disorder, like an endocrine disorder, a liver disorder, renal disorder, you can expect a whole slew of tests related to those disorders. Okay, let's talk about the treatments. The next T in latte is for treatments. The key treatment for hypoglycemia is to provide glucose. Now, how that glucose is administered is going to depend on a few different things, namely what the level is and the patient's level of consciousness. In the clinical setting, a typical hypoglycemia protocol kind of follows this format. So if the patient is conscious and cooperative, you can give a fast-acting carbohydrate such as juice, jelly, straight sugar, maybe dextrose gel or glucose tablets. Again, how much you administer depends on what their blood sugar level is, and that's going to vary by facility. But a lot of times you're giving something like 15 grams carbohydrate, and that's equal to four ounces of juice or one tablespoon of jelly or one tablespoon of sugar. Can you imagine just taking a mouthful of sugar? So if the patient takes the medication acarbose, I hope I'm saying that right, acarbose, A-C-A-R-B-O-S-E, if they're taking that medication, very, very important that you know this because using jelly, using juice, using sugar is going to be ineffective due to how this drug works. These patients will need glucose gel, okay? So again, if the patient is conscious and cooperative, 
giving a fast-acting carbohydrate is typically what we do. Now, if the patient is unconscious or uncooperative, we give D50 via an IV push. So 25 grams D50 would be a standard dose for a hypoglycemia. If the hypoglycemia is severe, they may get a higher amount, like 50 grams of D50. But let's say we're giving 25 grams D50 via IV push. Now, what if the patient doesn't have IV access? You can give glucagon sub-Q or IM. So you have a lot of different routes for treating hypoglycemia because it's so, so detrimental to the brain. Now, we've done our intervention. What do you think we're going to do next if you're following the nursing process, right? You assess the patient. They had a low blood sugar. You did your intervention. Next, you need to evaluate. So we're going to recheck the blood sugar in 15 minutes. So set a timer on your smartwatch or your phone because it's really easy to um, that 15 minutes to go by super fast. Stay with the patient because you want to make sure, because a lot of times these patients can be confused, you want to make sure that they are safe and feel safe. So stay with the patient or have somebody stay with the patient. You're going to be checking their blood sugar in 15 minutes and retreating as necessary until that blood glucose gets up to whatever your facility says, above 70, above 80, etc. Now, if it's more than an hour until the patient's next meal or snack, you can consider, and your protocol may state this, to provide a snack of an additional 15 grams carbohydrate, and that could be eight ounces of milk, that could be six saltine crackers, you could do juice again, etc. If the next meal or snack is more than two hours away, then it's smart to add some protein to that. It's going to kind of have that blood sugar, uh, that glucose in the food break down more slowly, be distributed more evenly. So you can add a tablespoon of peanut butter to their crackers or something like that. So that is a general protocol and what you would do for a patient who has hypoglycemia in the clinical setting. Now, again, it's going to vary based on what your clinical site says to do. So that is one policy that I would definitely look at very early on in your clinical days. Get on the computer, see if you can find it somewhere. If your patient is on any kind of insulin or anti-diabetic medication, you'll be able to see in the medical administration record the instructions for if blood sugar is you know, below 70, do this. If it's below 50, do this. If it's below 40, do this, et cetera. So you can look in there and see what the guidelines are. Now, if the hypoglycemia is occurring due to an underlying condition, that condition definitely needs to be addressed. So for example, if the patient has a pancreatic tumor, they're probably going to have surgery to remove that pancreatic tumor, maybe even part of the pancreas. If the patient is taking culprit medications, they may need to have those medications changed. And then endocrine disorders should also be addressed accordingly, and treatment, of course, is going to vary based on each specific condition. When it's due to severe liver failure, honestly, there's not much you can do. The patient's just going to have low blood sugar. A lot of times these patients are in the critical care environment and on continuous, you know, their IV fluids have dextrose in them. They're on D10 or D5 
in their IV fluids to prevent hypoglycemia. Okay, E in latte stands for educate. How are you going to educate the patient and the family about hypoglycemia? So since hypoglycemia often occurs with diabetes, you definitely want to ensure that all patients who have diabetes, especially a new diagnosis of diabetes, get adequate education on the disease process, dietary modifications, how to test their blood sugar, how to take their medications. In addition to that, teach the family and the patient the signs of hypoglycemia. If the patient takes a beta blocker, ensure they understand the signs and symptoms may not be as noticeable. It's also very important to teach the family never place anything in the mouth of an unconscious patient. So if they're family member goes down, they're unconscious because their blood sugar is low, don't put stuff in their mouth. That's a high aspiration risk, very unsafe. These patients are going to have a glucagon kit, hopefully, for those situations. So you would want to make sure that they're carrying their glucagon kit and that everybody knows how to use it. Teach the patient to also carry a fast-acting carbohydrate with them at all times, and that could be simple glucose tablets. You also want to make sure they know which foods and beverages to use in cases of hypoglycemia where it is appropriate to eat or drink something and the carbohydrate counts of each. For example, 15 grams carbohydrate is equal to 4 ounces of juice, 8 ounces of skim milk, or 6 saltine crackers. 30 grams is equal to 8 ounces juice or 2 tablespoons jelly or sugar. So make sure they understand and they have some options and know what to use. Now, if the patient is taking that medication, a carbose, ensure they understand to use the glucose gel for treatment because that sugary food, that sugary beverage is not going to be effective because of the way this medication works. You also want to teach the patient they should keep a log of their blood sugar levels and associated symptoms. Over time, with repeated incidences of hypoglycemia, the body will stop producing the classic signs and symptoms or the body will stop producing them as robustly. So what happens is patient becomes high risk for life-threatening hypoglycemia. So if the patient's symptoms decrease or are absent or diminished, even with very low levels, this is called hypoglycemia unawareness, and it is a cause for very serious concern. Patients with hypoglycemia unawareness and frequent episodes of hypoglycemia may benefit from a continuous glucose monitor or even a diabetic alert dog, which is probably the coolest thing ever. Okay, so that is your general overview for hypoglycemia. Your key takeaways for hypoglycemia are the symptoms are shakiness, irritability, diaphoresis, tachycardia. Patients taking beta blockers may not show outward signs of hypoglycemia. They may have hypoglycemia unawareness. The treatment is glucose. The modality and what they take and how much will vary based on their level. 
the alertness of the patient, their ability to cooperate, and the facility protocol. 15 grams carbohydrate is equal to 4 ounces of juice, 8 ounces of skim milk, or 6 saltine crackers. After the intervention, you will recheck the blood sugar in 15 minutes and repeat as necessary. And patients should carry a glucagon kit and fast-acting carbohydrates at all times. So I hope this helps you feel more confident and knowledgeable about hypoglycemia. If you have not yet subscribed, do so now so that you don't miss next week's episode on angioedema. So I will see you back here next week for that. And if you're intrigued about boot camp or interested in learning more, I have put the link in the episode notes for you on that as well. See you next week. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing. 